Good morning. Today's reading is 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If I speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to, not, as, so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away all my possessions, and if I hand over my body so that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, love is kind, love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends, but as for prophecies, they will come to an end. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. For we know only in part, and we prophesy only in part. But when the complete comes, the partial will come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I put an end to the childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we will see face to face. Now I know only in part, then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. And now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, and the greatest of these is love. Gospel of our Lord. God's grace, peace, and today, love comes to you, comes to us. Amen. If you've never been to Mount Olivet, there's a chapel across the street, which sits in the middle of a cemetery, and it's surrounded by a city park and a residential neighborhood here in this suburb of Plymouth, Minnesota. This chapel was built in the 1880s when only farmland embraced its borders. The words of 1 Corinthians 13, carefully painted in German calligraphy around its interior walls. A visitor, upon hearing this, may find this discovery enchanting, envisioning a wedding ceremony in this historic church with the love scripture literally encircling the couple on their wedding day. Yet there is a deeper story behind these words. It was originally painted around the sanctuary in its early days and then covered up as molded tannin paneling were placed on the walls, probably to create more insulation for the church so well used 
for worship and meetings and Sunday school. So for many years, these words from 1 Corinthians 13 remained hidden behind the walls. It wasn't until 1989 or so when a renovation of the chapel began that these words were uncovered. Sue Peterson Berger, who grew up at the Mount Olivet Chapel, was fluent in the German language and able to decipher the well-worn words of scripture. The words then carefully replicated with the renovations along with other paintings discovered in its original construction. You know, of all the scripture the founding families of Mount Olivet could have selected to paint on the walls of the chapel, why did they choose this one? It would have been more expected to have it be John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he sent his only son, or Psalm 23, or maybe Jesus' words to Mary in the resurrection story from John's gospel. We will never know for sure why these verses was, were selected and carefully painted around those walls, but I'm going to imagine it was not to create a sweet place for weddings in the years to come. You know these verses as the love scripture, but they're not meant to stand on their own. These verses are actually lobbed near the end of a letter written by the Apostle Paul to the people of Corinth, an ancient city in Greece, as they try to make their way as a new and forming church. The church had members of different backgrounds and belief, and they were trying to establish what it means to be a church community centered around this crucified and risen Jesus. There are differing opinions and disagreements and suits. And through the letter, Paul addresses conflicts around baptism and Holy Communion and also the daily life of the church. Paul speaks to how many gifts make for the richness of a community, not one gift better than another, but all having their part. But as he writes, it all doesn't seem to stick together. And then Paul speaks of love, not the romantic love that the wedding industry touts, but a mutual love, goodwill and benevolence. Love meant to make life smoother for someone else. A love that helps things stick together. Paul names all the traits of the time that were sought out to prophesy, to speak in tongues, to have great knowledge, to care for others, especially the poor. But none of these acts, Paul writes, are true or real unless done, not to better ourselves, but for the sake of another. None of the gifts Paul mentions are permanent or the end-all be-all. Often it's baffling 
how all these conflicts will be resolved, how things will come and stick together, who is right, what is next. That is why Paul says, for now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we will see face to face. Now I know only in part, but then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. You see, we live with a partial view in the now, but not, and the not yet. This even more apparent maybe for us over the last 10 months, or in the meantime. And what we hear today is it's love that's sticky, love that bridges the gap between the known and unknown. It's a love that anchors every gift and contribution making them work together. It sounds trite, right? Like love is an answer, but it's not an answer as much as it's a declaration of what is at hand, speaking into what is possible. I have no formalitic way to tell you what this love is or how to do it. I think what Paul is declaring is the love is here impossible because of God's love for the world, even so that God would come down to it and die for it and create new within it. Messy as it is, the Corinth church wrestled with it and trusted in it, and somehow that story continued to be shared. We are not Corinth, but we have had our fair share of challenges that continue. We couldn't know in March the trajectory of the church in a pandemic. We wonder still what the next months will reveal. What will life be like a year from now? There is something, though, that has held this all together. Have you ever considered that this is love? I wonder if that is why you are still here connecting online. You, I can imagine you on your couch just now with a laptop cord at your feet, at your kitchen table with a view of the bird feeder in your backyard, still in your pajamas with coffee in hand. Maybe you are coming here today for the very first time, hoping to experience the feel of this place and its people. Maybe we are all gathered because we need to hear that love is here. God speaks to you. You are known and loved as you are. Therefore, you will not lose that love when you give it away. You are free to love because you are loved. And it's hard to love these days. Many people seem unlovable, and the well of patience and perseverance and goodwill have dropped below the recommended level. Yet we cannot miss hearing that love is renewable and lasting, and that love sneaks in as God's words are spoken today in the reading of scripture with splashes of water at a baptismal font claiming us as we are, in crumbs of bread and sips of wine, offering forgiveness when we mess up, bringing us together in ways we cannot comprehend. 
And this love is not only in church, but in the cracks and crevices of creation. God reminding us of what is already given. It's meant to be discovered and then created. Mark Sanderson, a brother of Lon Sanderson, shared this story with me and some others. He was harvesting in his garden and noticed as he pulled up a row of carrots, the perfect blueprint they left in the soil, a stamp of their shape, their ridges, the soil perfect enough to hold and nourish the carrot as it grew, leaving its mark in the ground even after it was picked. A miracle. A reminder of the love instilled in everything, created for good and for a purpose, leaving an impression of love where it lived. Don't forget today that it's epiphany, the gift of love waiting to be discovered and declared. Where will the divine love reveal this love to you? To find ancient words under paneling in tin and cement written by ancestors of faith, to notice and discover the perfect imprint of a carrot created by minerals, light, and drops of rain, cell by cell, curve by curve, and an act of kindness that you have received, words of a young poet to a divided nation. Look around, look within. It is in the walls around us on the ground we are walking on. Where will you find it? What will you do with it? Love does not flourish when it's hoarded. It morphs and it dances when it's given away, and then it comes back to find you again. Unexpectedly. It is revealed, we hear, in the broken places, looking through a mirror dimly, when you are just hanging on, hoping for what could be around the bend. This love invites us to form community, to come together to witness then to this love in a way that we can do because we are us. That is why we exist, to contribute with what we have, to work through the tough stuff, to stay and to dare to speak into difficult moments, to endure change and the vast unknown, to continue. Taste it today in the bread and wine. Write it in the comments of Facebook. Speak it today to those who will receive your words. Step into it on the roads that you will travel. And know that it is love a love that bears, believes, hopes, and endures all things. Amen.